This week, are car dealers the devil and why? And later, the news. Can we build a green economy without China? Bird flu explained. Russia quits the Black Sea grain deal and AI journalists are coming for the entire internet. But first, I'm Quinn Emmett, and this is important, not important, science for people who give a shit. The newsletter features the most important science news, how to think about it, and what the hell you and I can do about it. Hit subscribe right now to get this newsletter and my conversation with the world's smartest people every single week. You can find the email version and links to everything at importantnotimportant.com or write in your show notes. It's July 21st. 2023. Here's your weekly action steps. Number one, donate to Grid Alternatives, an organization building community-powered clean energy solutions that advance economic and environmental justice. Number two, volunteer your school or workplace to participate in the EPA's Clean Air in Buildings Challenge. Number three, get educated about leasing an EV with Electric's cultivated list of factory lease offers. Number four, purchase fresh produce from your local farms with Grown Buy. And if you're a farmer, start selling on the app. And last, invest in a better world with impact assets and ensure your philanthropic dollars are making a measurable difference. And now, today's big question. Here's the thing about American car dealers. They're a hell of a lot wealthier than you think, and they're standing right directly in the way of reducing fossil fuel use by two-thirds and our emissions by one-third. Caveating here that electric vehicles are still pollution-spewing nightmares and that our parking laws have destroyed our cities, so EVs are not the answer. Far fewer cars and drastically better, safer, and more prevalent public transportation and mobility infrastructure are the big win here. But at the same time, EVs remain one enormous lever to reduce our overall emissions by eliminating our transportation emissions, with the vital co-benefits, we love co-benefits, of immediately eliminating tailpipe emissions as every ICE engine or gas engine or diesel or whatever is replaced. But among the obstacles standing in the way of completely turning over our automobile fleet, at least in the U.S., are ever-powerful and relatively wealthy GOP-loyal car dealers. And now, I'm not generalizing here. From Slate, in an article you should definitely read, car dealers, gas station owners, and building contractors, it turns out, make up the majority of the country's 140,000 Americans who earn more than $1.58 million a year. Here's some more context. Pre-IRA, we spent years asking how we could possibly sell all the electric cars we need to, considering unreliable federal subsidies, area charging network insight, uh, range anxiety, all, by the way, communicated by car dealers who simply weren't incentivized to sell them. And one big reason for that is the lion's share of dealership profits come from gas engine maintenance and repairs. From The Atlantic in January 2002, which is exactly 1,000 years ago. Quote, Daniel Crane, a law professor at the University of Michigan who studies dealer protection laws, agrees. EVs, with their lower upkeep costs, can't provide the cash flow that dealers need to survive. Dealers' economic model is to make all their money on service, he told the reporter. They have a 30% margin on service, but only a 5% margin on sales. It's just a very, very different model. 
And those profits, by the way, folks, are actually basically protected by law. For most Americans, local antitrust laws, sure, still forbid car makers from selling their wares directly by the manufacturer or online or both. Despite lobbying and legal efforts from Tesla and others, dealer industry groups, so organizing, see the end game of what's happening here, and they're not having it. Again, from that same Slate article, car dealers are not only one of the richest demographics in the United States, they're also one of the most organized political factions, a conservative imperium giving millions of dollars to politicians at local, state, and national levels. They lobby through NADA, or NADA, and donate to Republicans at a rate of six to one. So, look, dealers who may have at least been semi-interested in EVs have been confronted with real new questions like, how the hell do I market EVs that in turn pay for my GOP dark money contributions? But also, practically, where the hell am I going to install chargers so EVs can be driven off the lot? Those are real questions, and they're tough to answer, and so the dealers mostly answered, no, we're not doing that. As recently as 2019, three quarters of U.S. dealerships weren't offering EVs for purchase, full stop. But just this week, Nat Bullard reported in Bloomberg, 53% of consumers said they felt EVs are the future and will largely replace gas engines over time, but only 31% of dealers said they felt the same way. But look, here's the thing. California's EV sales regulations and all the states that latched on, plus the IRA, really flipped the script here. Another pressure's on. EVs are getting more affordable, and 51% of Americans are considering buying one. But despite historic loans for battery factories to Ford and historic production tripling their market share, EVs are stacking up in dealership lots as dealers continue to fight back. As the great charging build-out continues and suddenly coalesces around Tesla's standard, Hey everyone, it's Quinn, your host and the founder of Important Not Important. I'd like to take a quick minute to tell you about the INI or any, whatever we're calling it these days, membership and community. It's a gathering place really for our most dedicated shit givers, a place to connect and learn from one another and to have access to me outside of the newsletter and this podcast. We started it last year and it's grown to hundreds of shit givers from all kinds from around the globe. I'm talking about teachers and investors, students, electricians, journalists, artists, scientists, and policymakers, and, and more. Members get exclusive access to our daily news homepage, which is very cool, and to much more top-of-mind weekly articles, research, and tools that you can use and to stay ahead of the game, member-sourced action steps, twice-monthly book and culture recommendations that have nothing to do with the end of the world, virtual events, and of course, the membership Slack channel. Look, so many people come to us asking, what can I do? And we think we do a pretty good job of answering that question and providing context for the answer. But the best answers and the best perspective really come from the community, a wide-ranging community. And we would love for you to be a part of it, to feel supported yourself, and to contribute to discussions and actions alike. And of course, by becoming a member, you're directly supporting our work here and ensuring that we get to keep doing it. So if you'd like to learn more, head to importantnotimportant.com. And if you're already a reader, you can just hit the upgrade button at the top. If you're not, 
Go ahead and subscribe for free and you'll see the option to become a member at whatever level works best for you. And as always, you can always find the link to become a member right in your show notes. So thanks for listening. And as always, thanks for giving a shit. Back to the show. As IRA rebates get worked out in each state, and we hold on to automobiles, especially big fucking trucks, a lot longer than we ever have, something like 12, 13 years each. Why? Why are we holding them? Why are we so beholden to this? Well, cars cost a lot, but they're also kind of required because we decided it should be that way. And if you want more information on that, I encourage you to go, I think, one back in your feed and listen to my conversation with Nicholas Bloom about the great American transit disaster. Anyways, you get the point here. Now, let's make it interesting, because these sort of obstacles, car dealers, don't exist in isolation. I'm going to conduct a thought exercise. What are the other examples of car dealers, so known known obstacles, purposefully standing in the way of progress? And I ask, because one, bad guys are real, and two, because knowing who's standing in the way of progress is just as important as who's doing the work. A future positive mindset, which I love, actually requires smashing our rose-colored glasses to see the world how it is now, to identify who has their hands on the levers of power, and then to remove them finger by goddamn finger. To grossly oversimplify, there are, I don't know, three versions of car dealer-like obstacles to progress that I can think of right now that extend to other verticals. Number one, purposeful. Actual bad guys who know exactly what the hell they're doing hellish warming be damned. They know the stakes, they're not doing it. Number two, inadvertent. Not totally convinced how the pieces are connected or how to change. Not super interested in finding out, but might do it if the money's right. Number three, systemic. These are a product of time and entropy. So deeply embedded that one policy move or one election isn't going to get it done. And in doing them would require undoing a lot of everyday life, even if we have to. So here's my questions, and here's your homework, and I would love to hear from you, and you can send it right into us at questions at importantnotimportant.com. Got some other examples below, and I'd love to hear uh, where you see analogies and not. Specifics to your town, your city, your shire, or even your country would be a delightfully additive, and I will share the best ones should we get some that are really compelling. So other examples, uh, local public health, so obstacles city councils, hospital systems, private equity, school boards, clean water, so think wastewater treatment, uh, local agriculture, leaky pipes, uh, public utility commissions, they're an obstacle in themselves, but otherwise a lack of knowledge that they exist and why the hell that is still the case. Uh, Healthy, accessible food, food waste, uh, local air pollution, so the air you breathe, mobility infrastructure, bike, walking, etc., banned books, Farm worker protections, we just talked about that two weeks ago. Uh, forever chemicals, vaccine equity, uh, fast fashion, maternal health, black maternal health, AI ethics, um, pandemic preparedness, which <laughs> seems insane to say, the selling of your location data, school lunches, urban planning, home electrification, just talked about that. Um, and of course, uh, Medicaid expansion. So of course, there's more. You get the idea. Um, I can't wait to see what you come up with. But again, it's really important to understand, identify and understand and come to terms with who is standing in the way of requisite progress.
And now, the news. In climate change news, an article on why the impacts of climate change are escalating so quickly. Number two, a new registry could make carbon removal more accessible and more trustworthy. Maybe. Number three, what's China's role in America's green economy? Number four, what the warming planet means for the future of pathogens and diseases. Good lord. In food and water news, um, vegan or plant-based diets result in 75% less emissions, water pollution, and land use. 75% less. That's not about local food. That is plant-based food. Number two, manufacturing silicon chips requires a shit ton of water. Number three, Russia has quit its grain deal with Ukraine, originally made to avert a global food crisis, and will now target commercial ships in the Black Sea. And last, school lunches are now free permanently in six states. In health and bio news, it's time to get serious about bird flu. You wouldn't believe how many birds are being killed. Number two, how long COVID is impacting the global south, something else we don't talk about enough. Number three, family homelessness is on the rise, and the Federation of Scientists is crowdsourcing for national policies to increase housing supply. You can submit your idea at the link in the show notes. Number four, <laughs> tornado damage to Pfizer plant will likely lead to long-term shortages of medicine. Great. In computer news, bots are grabbing students' personal data when they complete online assignments, which shouldn't be allowed. Number two, Google's testing a new AI tool that can write news articles. So they take, just <laughs> to be clear, journalists write the articles, they're posted online, Google sucks them up, and then spits them back out into an AI tool that writes them instead of the journalists, and that's the new circle of life. Anyways, secretaries of state are getting ready for ai fuel disinformation during the 2024 campaign. Feels like table stakes. And last, Facebook messages can be used in a Nebraska abortion case. We've talked about that quite a bit. That's it for this week. Hit subscribe to get next week's issue straight to your feed. Could To go deeper, visit importantnotimportant.com. Thanks for being a part of our community, and thanks for giving a shit. Have a great weekend. <laughs>